0: In this week's show we are talking about conspiracy theories again but what we're really discussing is the rise of Alex Jones style radio shows and podcasts out in the in the media and the reason that we started our show The Mystic and the Skeptic is because we wanted to uh, debunk some of these conspiracy theories as well as educate people and inform them of rational ways of dealing with reality with information and really getting people to expand their horizons uh and and not get caught up in the sound bites. On our show we have our expert on uh scientific knowledge and in, in inquiry, Brian Dunning. He's been in the show several times to discuss different uh topics. There's certain values that this this country is founded upon and they have been uh rework to make them more accessible to everyone. Uh and to, you know, things change with time, so all men are created equal. It meant like with the Greeks, it was all rich men of a certain type of, of background. Right. <laughs> and then now everybody can claim it for themselves, but that that wasn't the original intent. So where where are we at in in the in that are we living up to those standards? in this country or are we um, deteriorating to the point of none of those things matter. It's all money based and influence based because I feel like, you know, I ran away from Mexico because it was corrupt because the media was on, uh, in bed with the government because you couldn't, uh, there was no mobility or no ability to, to uh, be successful because it was, monopoly from from the the, the rich people and, and their system and here um, completely different and now I feel like it's the, the American dream is demoting into some type of um, almost like banana republic uh they, that I experienced back home and and it's, and it's sad and it's and it's very discouraging so um or has it always been like that and it's just been a facade that there was all these uh, American dreams of of progressing into a better future and providing more rights and more opportunities for people.
1: Well, you know the the human condition is is an extremely complicated equation. Um, if you look at uh, if you look at a person and look at all of the influences on that person, the pressures he might be under with his job or his bank account or his family or his kids or his friends, the millions of things that might be affecting a person. And then you look at the neighborhood he lives in. What are the pressures facing that neighborhood? What are the issues that neighborhood has to deal with? And then the town, what are the town's problems? Then the state and then the country and then the whole human race As what at so many levels, a person And every group of people of every size faces an enormously complicated set of challenges and inputs and influences. And those are changing all the time. You know, uh, Samsung comes out with a cheaper phone. That affects people in the United States who can or can't afford it and how they interact with their friends. I mean, there's uh, so many different interactions and influences that (sighs) – I, don't, I, I I. think you're looking for something that's, that is incredibly unrealistic. Uh, I think that if you were to establish, you know, a set of rules that appealed to everyone or almost everyone, um, in a culture so that everyone said, yes, this is, this is the correct way that a country should be set up. Uh, this, this, this is what works for everyone or almost everyone. I think that in a very short order, the external influences would change that status quo, um, and and people would no longer be satisfied, and and inf- internal influences as well. So you know, I I, I don't know. I, I think you're I think you're I think you're grasping at at phantoms. Well, you know the the human condition is is an extremely complicated equation. Um, if you look at uh, if you look at a person and look at all of the influences on that person, the pressures he might be under with his job or his bank account or his family or his kids or his friends, the millions of things that might be affecting a person, and then you look at the neighborhood he lives in, what are the pressures facing that neighborhood? What are the issues that neighborhood has to deal with? and then the town what are the town's problems then the state and then the country and then the whole human race as what at so many levels a person and every group of people of every size faces an enormously complicated set of challenges and inputs and influences and those are changing all the time you know samsung comes out with a cheaper phone that affects people in the United States who can or can't afford it and how they interact with their friends. I mean, there's so many different interactions and influences that I don't, I, I I think you're looking for something that's, that is incredibly unrealistic. Uh, I think that if you were to establish, you know, a set of rules that appealed to everyone or almost everyone, um, in a culture, so that everyone said, yes, this is, this is the correct way that a country should be set up. Uh, this, this, this is what works for everyone or almost everyone. I think that in a very short order, the external influences would change that status quo um, and, and people would no longer be satisfied and, and inf- internal influences as well. So you know, I I, I don't know. I, I think you're I think you're I think you're grasping at at phantoms. I have plenty of criticisms with how we do things in the United States, but I've I've never seen another country whose system I would rather switch to. Um, you know, I've never seen anything that I consider close to perfect. So I have said many times that I think I think the United States is about as good as is practical. And you know that's not an A grade. It's not an F grade. It's you know, uh, you know, a high C or a low B. But it's it's pretty darn good. Um, so I hope that answers the question.
0: <laughs> Ten minutes, if you don't mind. Um, sure. I wanted to um, bring up something. I was talking to someone regarding uh, socialism and how um, uh, Alejandra Casio Cortez and yeah. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, called himself socialist or pro-socialist or whatever. And a socialist will never be elected in in America because uh, this is just an example. Um, one of the radio stations that we possibly uh, will be on pretty soon, they they had a socialist um, uh, show and the, the gentleman was reading the socialist agenda or the manifesto. And part of the socialist manifesto was – that there would be censorship and that newspapers, radio, TV would be under control of the government. Sure. And they're saying this um, while being played or or broadcast on a community station. And the person that called and challenged them, they're like, wait a second, you you just said that the the media would be um, under control of the government? It's like, yeah, because that's how socialism works. Unless we can control the media and keep um, dissenting voices uh, out of the airwaves, we cannot keep the socialist system going because it creates dissension and then people don't want to follow it. So we have to do it. And that's the first thing that comes to mind when someone says, I'm a socialist, even if they say they're a democratic socialist or that we already have some socialism going on in the government, is that. Those type of systems do not work with what is already established in America. Such as if someone's a communist and they're running. Well, yeah. when, when I went to Italy, they had a communist party. And my question was, why would you elect a communist? Once they get in power, you can't get them out. Um, would that be a, a fair uh, assessment of, of these political... Uh, groups using terms that are uh, considered negative or off-putting in America.
1: Well, I, I certainly think that if you if you run under a platform that you openly call yourself a socialist, I think there's not a snowball's chance in hell that you'd ever get elected in the United States. Um, but I'm I'm speaking of the 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 label. I mean, if you if you called yourself a member of the the American Nazi Party, you'd never get elected. If you called yourself a member of the American Communist Party, you'd never get elected. Um, I th- that's not to say that uh, there aren't good ideas throughout the entire spectrum of all the different systems that, uh, that cultures have thought of. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the first people to stand up and say that we should have universal health care in the United States And that's not a socialist thing at all. In fact, not too long ago, that would have been considered a Republican ideal. Uh, We like to have strong emergency services to serve American citizens. We like to have good infrastructure. We like to have emergency services like police and fire and defense. Well, medical care is absolutely an emergency service, in my opinion. So that's why I can say something like that. And we should have universal health care. Obviously, and that's not, to me, that's not a socialist ideal. Um, You can say the same thing of the universal basic income, which is something that, um, you know, it's not a new idea at all. It's been tried around the world. Uh, Data is preliminary, but it seems to be a pretty darn good idea just about every time it's been tried. Um, That kind of is a socialist ideal. But I look at somebody like my mom, who is essentially penniless elderly relies entirely on her family for the limited support that she has. Um, and there is no safety net in this country. Her social security is ridiculous. It's like $400 a month. You can't live on that. Um, and a universal basic income would allow her to live a totally normal life where she doesn't have to worry about things. And she'd probably even go out and get a part-time job and contribute to society. At least that's what they've been finding when they've tried universal basic income in certain American communities and in, in, in other overseas countries. Um, that's, I, I can't think of any, ar- any argument that says that's anything but a socialist ideal. Um, nevertheless, I think it would be a good one for the United States. I think it would be a good one for just about any country.
0: But it goes back to... Why am I going to pay for somebody else to just party and
1: – Well, but, but, but you see, that's why, we, that's why these decisions have to be informed based on good science. And the researchers – this is not just being tried by politicians. It's being tried by the sociology departments at universities who are applying experimental controls, properly selecting or uh, properly randomizing the recipients of this and seeing what it is that they do with it. And what we are not finding is what the opponents are saying it would happen is that everyone would quit work and they'd just, they'd just be bums and, and they'd be a huge drag on society. no, that has clearly not been, been, been born out in, in the data. So, you know, I'm, I'm a science writer. I'm a huge fan of science informed decisions. And, um, those two perspectives, universal basic income and universal health um, are borne out in the data as being good for society with the proviso that the universal basic income is still preliminary results, but universal bacon universal healthcare clearly is. Um, I think the best version of the United States would be one that doesn't make decisions based entirely on, uh, politics and emotion, uh, but on sound, data-informed decisions. I would like to see more of that in this country.
0: Well, let me throw a curveball at you as the last question. Um, is there social engineering happening? Because when I came to America in in 1995, uh, I read an a, st- a statistic that it was like 13% Hispanic, 17% African-American, and then the rest are Euro-Americans. And then now uh, – 25 years later is still 17% African-American. Uh, now it's like 19, 20% Hispanic and the rest are Euro-Americans. And it's alarming that in 25 years, the African-American community is is stagnant in the amount of people. Um, so I know it's it's a very complicated subject, but have you run across an uh, idea of social Darwinism or, some type of engineering happening where they're keeping certain minorities um locked down so they are not as influential politically or financially in in America
1: Well you just asked a whole bunch of different questions. I mean, uh gerrymandering is 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 one answer to one part of your question right there and and yes, that that absolutely happens uh and always has happened and Hopefully, someone will be able to devise a way to to uh, effectively uh, prevent that. Although it seems like it's an intractable problem, but as far as um, as far as people keeping um, people keeping the numbers of the number of black people constant from rising or something something like that, that obviously smacks like a sounds looks smells and tastes like a conspiracy theory. Uh, In order to evaluate it, we would need to learn more about the theory. Who is doing this? By what mechanism are they doing it? And let's look at the evidence that it's happened. Um, I can answer a, an emphatic no that I have never been presented with any compelling evidence that anything like that is taking place. Um, but that's not to de- deny that things like uh, things like gerrymandering and um, uh, happen because they absolutely do.
0: But through massive incarceration or through.
1: Um... Sure. Sure. It, it can go, it can go on and on. There's, there's lots of things like that that happen. Yes, we do know that, um, that, uh, uh, racial profiling plays a role. We do know that, that black people and white people are not incarcerated at the same rates for the same crimes under the same circumstances. Um, that's not to say that anyone is out there, uh, you know, secretly killing them or, or sending them out of the country in some kind of a coordinated way. Um, you know, again, you have to look at the fact that uh, that racism is still rampant in many parts of the United States, and we absolutely expect to see things like racial minorities um, being incarcerated at higher rates. Um, we have not made that problem go away yet. We, I hope, we will continue to make progress against that. I expect we will, but by no means are we there yet. That's not the same thing as saying that there is some nationwide coordinated uh, conspiracy, though. That I don't. That I don't believe.
0: Thank you for responding, because that was one of the things that was brought up in the original issue that we we're addressing: is that there will be a race war, and that there's already people on. It was crazy because it was saying the people on the progressive side that are preparing for the race war, and I've never heard that from the progressive side and it seems like they're projecting some of their ideas but again uh, thank you for being on the show we we've, we've gone the whole uh, gamut of issues related to human existence and yeah.
1: <laughs> we did expand a little bit beyond conspiracy theories didn't we
0: well i i think we do that uh often when when we have you as as a guest because you're very engaging and you're very knowledgeable about a lot of different subjects and, and that's the kind of people that I like to surround myself with. So thanks again for participating well, <laughs> and su- supporting us. And uh, we um, will put in a plug for, for your uh, ongoing show. Like how many um, recordings do you have all together so far?
1: Uh, how many episodes of the Skeptoid podcast are there? Uh, I believe there's 664. Um, the interesting thing about that is episode 666 is coming out in uh, two or three weeks here. And um lots of people are asking me what the subject of that one's gonna be and I'm not telling.
0: <laughs> well I can only imagine that it has something to do with the apocalypse. Uh but um that's uh it's it's interesting to, to uh know that you've been going strong for twelve years and we wish you the best and, and again we appreciate you coming on our show.
1: Thank you very much. It's it's been fun as always.